Wait a minute. Birdie Num Num. What's up, ladies and gents, and welcome back to another episode of the Birdie Num Num Podcast. Sanjay Mangtal here, having a good week, and I really hope you all are having a wonderful week because we have a nice open dialogue, you and I, every week uh, here on the BNN. And today, I want to talk about something, taking a lesson out of Steve Jobs, which was simplicity is the most complex um, is are you overcomplicating your life? Uh, I know personally I do that all the time because I have an engineering background. And obviously when you try to do something creative, graphic design, start a business, uh, you know, comedy, writing, music, uh, learn photography, anything else, um, you are probably going to do what most of us do, which is you are going to try to read a hundred books and you're going to try to learn everything about it. And, you know, as you should, uh, but a lot of times these days with so much information, it's never ending. And I think a lot of people, myself included, overcomplicate things way more than they need to be, right? Like I have a puppy right now who is now turning into a full-size dog. And I apologize for the background noise he is making. Um, but I was watching some videos on YouTube of how to, you know, properly train him and, you know, uh, how to praise him and all that stuff. And there's literally a video for everything. There's a video for how to potty train your puppy. There's a video for how to potty train your puppy in an apartment. There's a video for, um, how to potty train a puppy under six months. And I've had dogs before. We never watched videos. Uh, we never read a million books. We just kind of figured it out. And I'm sure a lot of you who are above 25 or 30 who have friends who have kids and now read a million books and get a million opinions on how to raise their kids realize, Hey, we were raised without any instruction manuals and we more or less turned out fine. The doctor sent our parents on their merry way. They said, okay, bring him back every few years. And that was that. Oh, he fell on his head a little bit. Okay. The human skull or the doggy skull, uh, you know, was a bit resilient and whatnot. And so it's interesting, right? Because these days now, like there's so much information. And as I mentioned with the, with the COVID and, uh, you know, the pandemic, I learned a lot of stuff about stock trading. And I remember specifically, uh, find, like realizing how silly it is. Like, how can somebody like Warren Buffett, the 85 year old or 80 plus year old, maybe 90, I don't know, investor who invest, who lives in, you know, Arkansas or, uh, Alabama, um, how can he, outperform, you know, MIT, you know, stock finance people with like $800 million computers, um, ultimately deciding a coin flip, you know, the stock market is basically, is it going to go up? Is it going to go down? Should I buy? Should I sell? And you have people imagine if like, you had 18 scientists overlooking the shoulder of a guy flipping a coin, right? And people would be like, Oh, half of them are saying it's going to go up half of them are sorry, half of them are saying it's going to be heads, half of them are saying it's going to be tails, but ultimately, there's no real edge there, right? And so I think we do this with a lot of things. And how can somebody like Warren Buffett just be like, he can look at like three things. Okay, what are the bond market? What's the bond market doing? What's the inflation? And okay, the stock market's going to do this, right? Because he's got all this experience. And it's the same way like an athlete or a coach can look at like an eight-year-old athlete and be like, that guy's going to be in the NBA. That guy's not going to be. And not because you know, he's being biased or whatever, but he can see something. Hell, even I, if I, if I watch like a brand new young comedian, I'm like, wow, that guy has it. And this guy doesn't. And, and it's something very like, I'm not saying I'm like freaking Warren Buffett or some like NBA coach. I'm just saying like, you kind of pick these things up intuitively. Right. And so right now we live in a time where so many of us are doing this because we want to do the commendable thing, which is we want to do our research. We want, we want to put in the work, but a lot of times it becomes very, 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 counterproductive, right? Like my wife, for example, uh, you know, she was job hunting and she was on Reddit and she was reading like 800 message boards. 
And ultimately, I was like, dude, at the end of the day, it's going to be like a job interview. Or at the end of the day, if, you know, 40,000 people do what you're trying to do every year, it's going to be fine, right? So we kind of paint these hypotheticals. We kind of take all these like what if scenarios. Um, we kind of look for an exact Google answer for every little thing it is that we're trying to figure out rather than try to think for ourselves, right? Because, you know, like figuring out how to do something versus learning how to do something for yourself. Like there's a lot more power in the second. And I know most of us don't do that because we're lazy and the internet has made it so easy. But I remember like when you were trying to use like a, uh, a very complicated piece of software, like Adobe Photoshop, for example, or some programming thing. And do you remember how difficult it was, but once you finally figured out by looking into like 800 layers of menu buttons and stuff, that was like, that was it, right? At that point on, you were like, okay, cool. I got this. I'm sorted. And so, so many of us don't do that now where those things aren't sticky. And instead we get bogged down in information and self-help books and look, I'm all for it. Read it. I'm all for it. Do your research, you know, but it's just like, you know, in, uh, Okay, here, here, here's something like I've started to notice, right? Over, I've been kind of making videos online. I've taken a break the last few years, but I've been, you know, learning film editing and storytelling and sketch writing and stand-up comedy and video production and editing and lighting and shooting and, and all that stuff. And, you know, when I started to get a little bit good at this stuff, um, I, I obviously wanted to do what everybody wanted to do. It was like, I need the best camera and I need the best equipment and I need the best people and something weird really happened, you know, there was like this like sweet spot where if I, you know, I've, I've had videos on YouTube where I've thought about them on Friday, I've shot them on Saturday, I finished them on Sunday, they were out on Monday and they weren't perfect. You know, they were, they were out of focus sometimes, you know, they were shot on my phone half the time. Uh, and those videos did great and they did a million views or 5 million views. You know, Ahmed Sharif, a buddy of mine, we shot biryani anthem we got like 10 million views on a video that was literally shot on an iphone and conceptualized and created over like you know four days and then i also um you know have spent time thousands of dollars lakhs and lakhs of rupees sitting in conference rooms talking about ideas flying to bombay conceptualizing things going for casting and trying to figure out who to cast rather than just trying to ask what friends are available and, you know, spending months and months working on a video that then bombed and bombed hard. You know, I ran on the best cameras and all that stuff. And I don't look at that as like a loss. I don't look at that as, you know, a failure. I look at that as like, wow, these are very important lessons and not in the like, okay, great. It was just like, it made me realize that it's not about having the best equipment. It's not about having the best looking people or, you know, the best uh, you know, location or scenery, or as I mentioned before, flying to Bali to, to write your book or whatever. It's about just getting there and doing it, right? Because when you're analyzing and you're complicating and you're thinking, you are not doing, right? And there's a very common saying that done is better than perfect. And I agree that you definitely do need to put in the time to refine things. But most people spend way too much time stuck in analysis paralysis where it's just, it's just so counterproductive, you know, and it's even more dangerous now because 
you know, I'm trying to learn a software called Adobe Lightroom right now. You know, I feel like I'm pretty good at learning Adobe Premiere. After Effects is like its own beast. I've taken all the courses, but I can just never get into doing it consistently. Because again, I don't think for a podcast, I need flashy graphics and I need crazy typography. It'd be cool to have, you know, but it's just not my priority right now. Uh, but Lightroom is something because I bought a new camera where I thought, okay, this is cool. I want to play around with this, right? And like there was like a million, you know, features and lessons and tutorials and stuff. And I was like, you know, I need to take it back to basics because I do not need to get bogged down in like all the little, little things I want to start creating and I want to start doing. And sure, eventually, you know, these things will come together in their own way that they do it for me. Right. So, um, I don't know, man, I'd love to hear like what you guys think, like, you know, is, um, is that something that kind of resonates with you? Like, there was a story uh, I remember hearing on some podcast or something. Dave Chappelle, the famous comedian, right? Uh, he he had a movie here in America called Half Baked, which was a stoner kind of buddy film. And I, I found, I thought it was hilarious. I was a kid, obviously, but I still think it kind of holds up a little bit today. And I was hearing Chappelle talk about it. And dude, they... He, like he had to have the script due on Monday. So him and his friends just started writing it on like Friday. And, you know, him and his buddies, they had no formal screenwriting, you know, Balt maybe Baltimore art school. I don't know, but they had no like crazy, you know, script writing contest experience or whatever. They just started doing and they put something together and sure enough, it got commissioned and obviously helping, you know, having the right people helps and whatnot. But, you know, even academia, right? Acad academia, academia, am, am I like saying it with like Indian English, academia. Yeah, they feel like it's academia is like the normal way to, or it's like the universal way to say it. But like even them, everyone gets caught up in like, dude, like I once got called for a uh, commercial and they were trying to like, they needed my help like preparing a script and it was literally a very simple commercial uh, and they needed some Indian context. So they hired me as a writer. And I was like, why do you have 14 people working on the pitch for this commercial? Like, it's so simple. You know, you're selling paint and okay, the guy is doing at the car dealership and he's showing like the variety of paint on the, on the different cars. Why are we having like 17 kind of theory artists? And why is this thing so fat and bloated rather than two people heads down, try to work on the best thing they can and then present it to the client, right? I don't feel like oftentimes more labor or more, you know, people is always better, right? So you know, like I know Disney movies, they have a crazy process. Pixar, for example, where they have writers and writers and writers and meetings and meetings and meetings. And so I get it. There is a framework for some people, but for most of us who are trying to run and gun, most of us who are trying to kind of make our mark, you know, uh, with the internet and try to do things at least on a small scale first, um, you know, don't, don't get bogged down in all the little bells and whistles. Don't get bogged down in all the things that you think you need. Um, you know, cause there's a common saying, right? Like keep it moving. Right. You know, a lot, I, I don't know if it was like Jada Pinkett or somebody, <laughs> yeah, maybe Jada is not a good example, but there was somebody who's like, you got to keep it moving. got to keep it moving. You know, objects in motion, stay in motion. Right. So I've had some of my best kind of experiences and outputs when I was just constantly making things. And if I try to wait, you know, that's also good sometimes because sometimes when you're making too much, you know, you need to take a step back and let things absorb. As my last podcast said, Misa. Sorry, guys, I need to tell my dog to, to calm down a little bit because he's always in motion. <laughs> um, but when that happens, like, you know, you're kind of in, in that flow state a lot of people talk about. So it's weird, man. I know I'm kind of contradicting myself from what I said in the last episode. But what I'm trying to say is, like, you need to 
always be kind of creating, uh, you know, don't just stop and think, but then every once in a while, you got to pull over on the rest stop and let that absorb, right? So there's a difference between thinking and there's a difference between doing and there's a difference between like reflecting, absorbing and letting things kind of digest, right? So, you know, like, let's say you're a photographer. What's a photographer going to do, right? A new, okay, an ex-Infosys guy or a current Infosys, you know, I met a guy here who's like an IT person, but he has a wedding photography business on the side, right? And so what what do I think he probably did? Okay, he had an interest in photography, so he looked up best cameras, 2022, best DSLRs, and he bought the most expensive DSLR he could find that he could afford. And sure enough, what happened when he took his first photo? He's like, wow, it's blurry. Or he's like, wow, it's way too bright. Or like, wow, why is this $3,000 camera, you know, not taking as good photos as my smartphone can on auto, right? Because he didn't realize you have a Ferrari with like a stick shift that's not automatic. And yes, it's a very powerful car, but you got to know how to use it, right? And so, you know, then he probably finally learned all the features and he probably learned all the things about the exposure triangle, the ISO, just like, uh, you know, you may not need to know how the engine works on the Ferrari to drive it properly, but it may help, Right. But then eventually, you know, he learns all the technical stuff when he's taking these photos and he finally has a properly exposed photo and he finally puts it on Instagram and it's like a cool park. And what do most of us do? We scroll right past it, right? Why is that? Because, you know, he's finally learned the tools of his trade, but he hasn't really learned how to tell a story. Whereas somebody else pissing him off is probably taking a photo on their iPhone, quickly put a random filter on it, not using Lightroom, but just using an Instagram preset and got like a million likes because guess what? That picture probably was a passable photo, you know, maybe not technically as adept and exposed and as nice as his, but it conveyed a message or it was funny or it had some bit of amusement or value, right? So, you know, if you can do both of those things, you know, if you if you can kind of be the like Pixar with the crazy engineers and the best writers, but also have that authenticity of like three people just quickly writing a quick story and getting it done, like right off the bat, you know, um, that is really the sweet spot. Like if you can make Imagine making a super, super funny, you know, Instagrammy cat video or, or hilarious meme that you see all over social media, but then imagine also being able to do it with like Hollywood production quality. And, you know, would it be as funny? Would it be as, as clever? Because sometimes we like things that are spontaneous. So a cell phone looks more authentic. Here's what I find hilarious, by the way, is when you watch Hollywood movies and they are, they are doing a portrait of the, of like somebody sending a Skype call or a video. And it's so clear that that's not iPhone quality, you know, call camera quality, right? Because they have taken a fancy $1,000 or $10,000 red camera or whatever, and they've just cropped it to look like a cell phone. But it's like, dude, if you're trying to convey that that's a video on a cell phone or a Skype call, why not just do that? Why do you got to spend all this money shooting a pretend cell phone video, right? So it's crazy, dude. Like there, there's so much out there and, you know, I, I really... Um, commend a lot of people who are, who are able to filter out the noise. But my, my advice to anybody is, you know, don't overcomplicate things, you know, kind of keep them moving. Um, because, you know, your attention is so scarce, you need to focus your attention on your attention right now. And yeah, it's, it's never been harder to be distracted. But it's also sorry, it's never been easier to be distracted. Okay, but it's also never been easier to do stuff that you never thought you could do in this lifetime, right? Some of the best photographers, best comedians I know all have day jobs, right? And so these are people who are multitasking, they're not worried, you know, they're not 
trying to like, you know, do everything at once, but they're able to manage their time effectively and they're able to learn, sift through the noise and, you know, make some amazing stuff, right? So um, I hope that made sense for this week, you guys. Um, you know, let me know what you think. Uh, and just remember, dude, just go out there, start making stuff, start cooking stuff, start writing stuff, start coding stuff and do it wrong, you know, do it incorrectly, but just start doing it, you know, to take a word from Nike, just do it. And eventually when you do, when you do need to watch those tutorials, when you, when you do need to watch those videos, um, videos, uh, you will have an idea of what it is you're trying to make. And it won't just be like, cool, I know how to like use this camera now, but now the exciting stuff begins right now, go out and shoot your friends or make funny sketches. And, you know, now that you've learned how to walk, now you can really run. Right. So rather than you finally learned how to walk, but you have no idea where you're going. Right. Because that's ultimately what all the stuff is for, right? Like coding computers, you know, apps. They're all cool by themselves, but they're way cooler when you do them to accomplish something. You know, YouTube has amazing engineers and amazing technology, but who are the biggest winners of the platform are the ones who are leveraging that to then be funny, be sexy, be educational, you know, be artistic. You know, nobody knows the names of the coders who made YouTube possible, although they're amazing people who probably deserve all the recognition in the world, but they all know the ones who leverage that technology to then make amazing things, create amazing things, and, you know, kind of help everybody else. So um, anyways, you guys, I've been Sunday Morning Tala. Let me know what you guys thought of this week's episode, and I'll see you guys next week. Birdie num num. Birdie num num. Birdie num num.